1: Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over two million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com/wondersuite. That's bluehost.com/wondersuite. Want to learn how to be an entrepreneur?
2: You are dedicated and devoted. To a life of developing new ideas and innovations. Willing to take calculated career risks, achieving independent wealth and success. Then you are ready to experience The Entrepreneur Effect. We'll highlight opportunities for entrepreneurs in digital marketing through interesting, practical, and thought-provoking interviews and monologues. Increase your income and be your own boss by listening to The Entrepreneur Effect. Please welcome your host, a 25 year veteran in sales, management, and business development, Dush Ramachandran.
3: Hi, and welcome to Entrepreneur Effect. This is Dush Ramachandran. My guest today is Sandy Rogers, who is the global loyalty practice leader at Franklin Covey. Now, I'm sure our listeners have heard of. Franklin Covey, um, and, uh, all of the different publications that they've put out. Um, so I'm really excited about talking to, uh, Sandy today, uh, but before we get started, I have one quick request of our listeners. And that is, you know, we've done, you know, quite a number of episodes. I think we've done over 200 episodes, uh, of this podcast and we've been rated very highly by Inc Magazine and so on, um. What we'd like to do is to continue to bring content to you uh, that is of value to you, that you would, that you would appreciate and, and, and uh, value. So um, I'd like to hear from our listeners. If there's anyone specific that you'd like us to interview, uh, we'd love for you to tell us who that is or if there's a particular topic you'd like us to focus on we'd love to do that as well so how you can do that is if you can go to entrepreneur effect that is entrepreneur effect and just put in um, either the the name of a personality you'd like us to interview or a topic you'd like us to cover that would be that would be really great we'll look forward to that okay let's uh, dive into our conversation with Sandy.
4: Welcome, Sandy. It's great to have you here. Gosh, thank you so much. Pleasure to be here.
3: Wonderful. Now, you know, everybody knows Franklin Covey, um, especially from the seven habits uh, type uh, books and so on. And it's, it's, it's become a household name, especially in the area of self-development as it relates to uh, your professional career and life and so on. Um, and so you've you've got a very interesting role. Um, you're the practice leader for Global Loyalty. So, before we dive into kind of what that, uh, what you're doing at Franklin County, give us a give us a sense for what that role is. What is Global Loyalty Practice?
4: Well, it, it really comes out of the work I did at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I spent most of my career there um, helping to figure out how to measure and improve customer service across a enormous network of locations. And to make a long story short, um, we, we figured out how to do it. We realized that we were pretty good overall, but there was huge variation across the chain, you know, from not so good to great. And by holding people accountable, measuring it accurately at each branch every month, and then telling, our branch managers, they couldn't get promoted if they were below average. That inspired this, this bottom-up improvement. We went from delighting 67 to 80% of our customers over the next 10 years. Our sales at Enterprise tripled from 2 to $7 billion. And, and what we did there inspired Fred Reicheld at Bain to create his net promoter score. And so oh, wow. in, in joining Franklin Covey, really the challenge was how can we help other organizations to have this cultural loyalty based transformation that that we helped uh, enterprise accomplish
3: fantastic so let's let's dive into that if you will and I, I wasn't aware that the net promoters the, the net promoter score um, was actually developed based on your work at enterprise that is that's amazing um, yeah. so let's let's talk a little bit about um, creating creating customer loyalty or, or delighting, delighting customers. So if you would, could you just break it down into some very simple steps? What were some of the things that you found? What were some of the insights
4: that you gained at uh, enterprise rent-a-car? Well, one of the key insights um, is that, well, well, first of all, everybody wants greater customer loyalty. I mean, that kind of goes without saying. And there have been many books over the years written about the economic value of, of improving customer loyalty and employee loyalty. So it's not a question, do people want it? Yeah, I get it. But how do I get it? Particularly if I'm in a large organization with you know lots of different frontline teams, whether they're online or in branches or in stores or on the phone. Um, and, and so we believe you need to have two things. One, you, have, you need to have an accurate, reliable measure of the service being provided by your people on the front line. You need to know who is doing a great job and who needs coaching to get better. Secondly, you need to have a process to help everybody get better faster. And that's what this book we wrote is all about, is you know how can I get everybody... To do those things, we know earn fierce loyalty. But how do I get people to actually do that stuff more often in their interactions with our customers, and frankly, with each other?
3: Okay. So, what are I mean, without without giving away the uh, the, the plot of the book or creating any spoilers? So, what are what are maybe three things that uh, a business owner can do to create incredible customer loyalty?
4: So it's very simple. There are three core loyalty principles. And if we ignore or violate any of these principles, we're not going to earn the loyalty of our customers or our colleagues or our friends or family members uh, too. Um, These core loyalty principles are empathy, responsibility, and generosity. And in the book, we not only describe these principles, but the practices that bring each of them to life. Okay, um, and so that—that that was the work that you did
3: at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, and that had that dramatic um, effect in increasing your sales. And so, how did how did that lead to your uh, finding your way to Franklin Covey?
4: Well, actually, what I just described in uncovering those principles—sure, that my my work at Enterprise certainly influenced that—but that's work that we've done at Franklin Covey, and that we have over the last ten years in working with hundreds of clients. Since I was at Enterprise, we have uncovered these principles and we've described them in the book, Leading Loyalty, Cracking the Code to Customer Devotion, but we're giving people a process to bring these, these principles and practices to life in more and more interactions because that's the hard part. I mean, telling somebody, oh, you should have empathy for your customers, well, oh, duh, of course you should, <laughs> but how can I actually get 10,000 people to do that? And that's what we talk about in this book.
3: And so uh, what might be, you know, we have about three minutes left in this segment. So what might be some of the things, some of the ways in which um, a business owner can ensure that his employees and
4: his team members are actually acting on those those principles? So let's just take the first of the three core loyalty principles, empathy right? To, to really have empathy for somebody, two things have to happen. First, we've got to make a genuine human connection, right? To let them know that, you know, I see you, I care about you, you know, I'm, I really want to connect with you. And two, we need to listen to learn their hidden story. Because to really feel what somebody's feeling with our eyes, our ears, and our heart, we got to understand what's going on. You know, what is their story? Now, sometimes their story is obvious, You know, you you drive down the highway and you see a woman standing outside her car with the hood open, steam coming out, and little children there. I get that story. She's stranded. But most times in our lives, we we don't know the story. And that's why you got to make that genuine connection and then listen to learn their story. And I, I tell you, An incredible example of not doing that came from one of the CEOs I was talking with years ago. A man comes into his store carrying a load of unopened baby items. And the person greets them very friendly. And he says, look, I I just need to return these things. They're they're all brand new, have not been opened. And the CEO is telling me the story. And he said, Sandy, our, our person told this nice man, no, I'm sorry, you can't return them without a receipt. And the man went home despondent and told everybody on social media that he and his wife had experienced a miscarriage. And imagine how insensitive this store was not to help him out in a time of need.
3: Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That makes that makes perfect sense. Um, so, in in the in your book, leading leading loyalty, cracking the code to customer devotion, um, you cover this and other other ideas like this. Um, and in a way, how would how would this uh, what what would this look like in a in a small business um, where you know these these principles are not being practiced? And wh- what have you seen in terms of the improvement that you can achieve um, by practicing these things? I mean, I'm sure you've done work, you know, both at Franklin Cubby and having observed it at uh, Enterprise rent car I'm sure you've seen some significant before and after scenarios let's talk about that when we come back from a break let's take a short break now we'll come back and continue our conversation with sandy rogers stick around we'll be right back
2: stay tuned for more of the entrepreneur effect when we return
5: what if you had access to analytics from the most visited sites on the web? Think about real-time sales and signups from Amazon and Netflix, stats and engagement from Slack and HubSpot, all on one patented platform. That's Nacho Analytics. Nacho's perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with NachoAnalytics.com. Seriously? More. It
6: passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose.
5: Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered
2: now. You are experiencing the entrepreneur effect only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Dush Ramashan Hi and welcome back.
3: This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. My guest today is Sandy Rogers, who is the global loyalty practice leader for Franklin Covey. So Sandy, before the uh, break, we were talking about, you know, the principles for generating or engendering loyalty amongst your uh, customers and clients. And you've, you've talked about how, you know, the first of those is empathy and how you can have uh, you, you actually have to have people acting that, uh, you know, living that every day, and and the challenge, of course, is how do you get all your team members, everybody in the company, acting in that fashion? Um, so, can you point to some before and after scenarios that you've observed, either in working with clients or in your own in your own um, organization, of Before implementation of these principles and after, uh, what sort of a difference
4: uh, appeared in the organization or in results? Well, the difference, and again, the the organizations that do this can be as small as a little team of six people Um, because... Most organizations really break down into small teams, um, and, and each of these teams makes a choice about whether to live these loyalty principles. And so what we teach in, in the book is once we describe the principle itself and the practices, we suggest you have a little huddle, a little 15-minute meeting once a week with your team. And, and in that huddle, you, you first celebrate. It's incredibly important Dush, to, to, to point to somebody who is, is exhibiting the, the thing you talked about last week and say, you know, let's celebrate. This is such an incredible example of empathy. Um, and then let's learn about the next one. Uh, and get into the nuances of how to apply it. Let's each commit to do it over the next week, and then schedule our next title for a week from now. But this process has been done by retail stores, um, car repair shops, casinos, government offices. I mean, a wide range of of companies, big and small. And what they're reporting is much better employee engagement. They say this is the most fun fifteen minutes of the week. Is you know because what you're doing, you're celebrating. Um, two. It, they're reporting better sales growth because these activities drive your sales process and they're reporting much better customer service scores.
3: Right. And um, so that's that's a very significant before and after picture. Um, and from your experience, do business owners get any kind of pushback at all from their teams when they try to implement this type of
4: practice? They do. And so what I always suggest is explain the concept. Let people read the book. You know, Let them listen to this podcast. Um, you Let them learn about what the idea is. And let the managers on your front line that have an interest in this topic go run the play, try it, and see what happens. Don't, don't force somebody who's not interested to do it. And then just watch what happens. And it's incredible because then word gets out. It's like, oh my gosh, what are you guys doing? How are you moving your numbers like that? And well, we're just running these huddles, there's 11 of them, we've been doing them for 11 weeks, and let results speak for themselves from the bottom up rather than the top down.
3: Okay, that, that makes sense. Now, um, so did you, in, in, in writing this book, uh, Leading Loyalty, uh, did you, primarily draw upon your own experiences, or did you go out and interview people that have implemented
4: the program within their organizations? We, we have interviewed hundreds of organizations, and there are tons of examples in, in, this, in this book you know, from a wide range of, of big and small businesses from B2C, B2B, um, because these principles you know, must come to life in any size organization if you want to earn the fierce loyalty of your customers and employees. And so, you know, everything from, you know, Ritz-Carlton and their whole strategy of we're ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen to, you know, how American Express completely changed their their call centers to, you know, why is it that Chick-fil-A has inspired their people to come out and may I refresh your beverage really at a fast food place? You know, wh- why does Southwest Airlines allow their people to sing the safety announcements? Sure. What is it? about places like Zappos, that, that they've created this culture where the people on the front line are inspired to, to have empathy, to take genuine responsibility for what people are trying to get done, to be generous. You know, at American Express, that no, you know, they're no longer timing your average call and saying you gotta get off in two minutes. Hey, take whatever time you need, forget the script. But when this person gets off the phone, they should feel like, wow, I love these guys.
3: That's cool. So um, now, when 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 these large companies implement these um, these principles, I'm sure that's a major culture shock, um, especially if they're coming from a different culture. Uh, I imagine where in a in a call center, you've the people have been trained that you know. the the time you take on the phone is is being measured. So you need to get off the call in two minutes or whatever. And then now you introduce a completely new way of looking at things where it's no longer measuring uh, the time you're on the call, but you're, you're measuring the satisfaction of the customer at the other end. Uh, How difficult is that culture change? Uh, I imagine it's not, it's not something that people take to immediately. Um, What, you know, again, for our listeners who are primarily business owners uh, and entrepreneurs um, who, who may be wondering, yeah, this, is, this sounds really good, but we've been doing it this particular way for, for a while now, and this is going to be a significant culture change. Can you offer some suggestions on how to overcome some challenges associated with a culture change?
4: Well, I, you know, Jack Taylor was the great entrepreneur who founded Enterprise Rent a Car in nineteen fifty seven. So he started, you know, with seven cars and in, in one office. And he said, look, it's real simple. When people walk out that door, they should feel like, wow, that was one of the best customer service experiences I've ever had. And that all comes down to the people, right? And how they're treating the customer. Because every car rental company has cars, branches, and people. What sets enterprise apart is its people.
3: And so do you do you feel, you know, one of the things that uh, a lot of people observe is that um, how the company treats its employees is in turn reflected in how the employees treat the no clients question. or customers. No question. Right. So from this cultural standpoint, um, do you think it's important that these same principles uh, that you would, you, would, you would have to exhibit to create loyalty amongst your customers have to be internally observed as well. I mean, it has to become part of the fabric of the
4: business, don't you think? That's so critically important. And we talk about that over and over in the book. The customer experience rarely exceeds your employee experience. So we have to first earn the fierce loyalty of our teammates, of our employees, right? And we do that with these exact same principles. And so to give you an example, um, you know, Horst Schultz ran the Ritz Carlton chain for years. And he said, you know, we're ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. So no matter what your role is in the organization, It's your job to make the experience right if there's a problem. So even if you're refilling the water glass and you overhear a guest complaining about her bathtub drain, you own that problem until it's solved. And he gave everybody up to $2,000 at their discretion if needed to fix a customer problem. Now, that is incredible, incredible customer and employee empowerment. TD Bank, for example, says it takes one to say yes and two to say no. So you can always say yes to a customer no matter what, but if you're thinking about saying no, you'd need to check with your manager first, that turns it upside down about how we view our frontline people and the roles we put them in.
3: Absolutely, that's a significant departure from the usual situation where you can say no very, very easily, but getting, getting to say yes, you have to run it up the flagpole and get five levels of, uh, of approval before you're able to do that. So that, that is very interesting that it turns that whole thing on its head. Um, so we've, we've talked about empathy. What are the two other ones that you mentioned? And can you talk to uh, a little bit about each of those other principles?
4: So, Dush, the, the second core loyalty principle is responsibility. I mean, that's taking ownership of what should be done. And And what we talk about in the book are there's two practices, just like empathy, there's two practices for taking responsibility. They are discovering the real job to be done. And then following up to strengthen the relationship, you know, to find out if the job was done correctly, and if not, fix it, which is critical to the long-term relationship. Now, I am often get asked, what do you mean by discovering the real job to be done? A simple example is somebody goes into a hardware store, I'm looking for a a wrench. Well, they're right over an aisle 14. That's taking no responsibility. No, instead, come with me, sir. What are you working on? Oh, I've got this old fence in my backyard and there's these rusty bolts I got to pull out so I can get rid of this ugly fence. Well, sir, do the nuts and bolts look like any of these? Oh, they look like those hexagonal ones right over there. Well, to grip the the rusty edges of those nuts to pull those bolts out so you can get rid of your fence, you're going to need a set of box wrenches. This should do the trick. You see, that's taking responsibility for the real job, which is not to sell the guy a wrench, it's to help him get rid of his fence.
3: Right. Absolutely. And that, and I've seen that, you know, personally, I've seen that happening in a a few instances and in others, uh, the less desirable interactions is where, you know, it's an aisle 16 and you're left to go wander there by yourself. Uh, It does make a significant difference. Absolutely. I completely understand what you're saying. Um, All right. So what's the third principle?
4: so the third principle is the generosity we not only have to have empathy for how people are feeling and take responsibility for their needs but we've got to treat them with generosity to give them more than they expect and and that's really the secret to the enterprise story is exceeding expectations now with generosity there are two practices one, we've got to share our insights openly to really help people. And two, we've got to surprise people in unexpected ways. And so we bring each of these practices to life in the book with, with lots of examples of how businesses, large and smaller, are doing this. Because without these things coming to life, you're not going to earn the loyalty that, that you want.
3: Absolutely. I think that makes perfect sense. Great. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Sandy Rogers. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: Stay tuned for more of the Entrepreneur Effect when we return.
5: All right, guys, I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts. I'm talking Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, etc. You know, see their sales and stats in real time. It's called Nacho Analytics. Tim? Nacho, regular analytics company. Charlotte?
2: You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing.
5: Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim? Okay. Let us help you grow your business. Bailey?
1: So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule.
5: Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim, you'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life? Tim! Sorry.
2: Sales, subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous.
5: Holy guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, now you have me making puns. Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you
0: can lift the curtain on the Internet? NachoAnalytics.com.
6: Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality.
2: You are experiencing the Entrepreneur Effect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Dush Ramachandran.
3: Welcome back. This is Dush Ramachandran with Entrepreneur Effect. My guest today is Sandy Rogers, who is the global loyalty practice leader for Franklin Covey. and He's also the author of the new book, Leading Loyalty cracking the code to customer devotion. So prior to our break, um, Sandy, we were talking about the three principles um, and how you know working diligently on those three principles, both internally and externally, can create a really significant difference in the level of loyalty, both employee loyalty as well as customer loyalty. Um, now the book is available wherever books are sold i would imagine amazon yes. barnes and noble everywhere
4: yes great
3: and um if if uh, any of our listeners want to engage with you um directly
4: what's the best way they might be able to do that oh please come to frank and covey uh, to our website frankencovey.com. um they can certainly find me on linkedin and uh, do you do you work with um, clients um,
3: if if any of uh, the business owners or listeners uh, would like to work with you in building this this capability within their organizations, uh, is that
4: something you'd be you'd be interested in engaging in? Of course.'d I'd love for them to contact me at sandy.rogers at frankencovey dot com. Okay very good. We work with a wide range of, of small and and you know medium and large companies and we have lots of case examples that we can share with people who may be interested.
3: Beautiful. And what does what does an engagement look like very quickly? Um, how, what are the what are the steps that uh, someone would have to go through to to engage with you?
4: To increase customer loyalty, we there's two things. One, we want to be sure we have an accurate reliable way of measuring it today so we not only know know what needs to get better but who needs to get better the second thing is we need to teach everybody what these principles are and by the way you learn these things in kindergarten it's not like it's new stuff but but just because this stuff is common sense it's not common practice in so many of our interactions today in business and so we got to teach this process What we call this little 15-minute huddle that you do once a week as part of your small team. You give everybody a chance to run it. You run these huddles for 11 weeks. Everybody's learned the principles and practices and you start the process over again. So these things become habits. Wonderful.
3: So um, this, is, this is a question I ask all of our guests and I'd um, love, love for you to, um, to answer this as well. What are you most excited about for the future?
4: I'm excited about the power of taking these basic ideas, and again, it's it's stuff that we learned in kindergarten, and, and finding a way to, to bring it into the workplace so that more of our interactions, it, we're all customers, we're all consumers, so that we feel this when we call the cable company, or when we go into a store, or we're doing business with a general contractor. Um, giving them a way to do this so that they put their employees into a position to enrich other people's lives. Because that's not only the key to earning the customer loyalty that everybody wants, it's the key to earning the fierce employee loyalty that we also need to have a successful business. Okay.
3: That's that's awesome. And um, so the book is available wherever books are sold, Leading Loyalty, Cracking the Code to Customer Devotion, by sandy rogers sandy thank you so much for your time we appreciate it um and uh you know to our listeners please please do check out the book i think you'll find it really interesting and there's a lot of valuable content in there
4: thanks a lot sandy thank you so much just really appreciate this opportunity